Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. And welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. This is the podcast created by NJEA members for NJEA members. Thank you so much for being here today. And Jim, we have a great show. Today we're talking all about your resume, aren't we, Jim? Yes, we are, Jeff. We're going to follow up on our uh, podcast that we launched a few weeks ago that was all around interview techniques and job fairs. So this is kind of like a part two. And today we're going to be talking not just about what was going on at that job fair, but really the thing that you hand the person interviewing you, your resume. We're going to be talking a little bit about the paper resume. We're going to be talking about the online resume. And I think most importantly for our younger teachers, we're going to be talking about the social resume and how really all of those things tie in together. Jim, this is one of those parts of uh, professional development that I think that anybody in the Early Career Members Network should be aware of. For those who don't know too much about the Early Career Members Network, Jim, tell us a little bit about it. Sure, Jeff, and and I I heard your comment there, younger teachers, and I just want to put out there that, you know, NJA and the Early Career Member Network is really for any any member, whether they be a teacher, an education support professional, you know, a paraprofessional, a custodian, a school bus driver. It is an all-inclusive place for all of us to get together and grow our support networks and share. So, so that's what it's all about. There are right right now three groups uh, around the state that that meet regularly and develop events based on the needs that they see in their peers. So we have a group in the north, a group in the central regions of the state, and a group then in the southern counties putting events together. Bring members together uh, in networking opportunities that are exciting, that are fun, that are different. Everything from the bowling events that you enjoy so much, Jeff, um, to um, also some sessions around uh, financial topics like buying a first home, to even some events for professional development, uh, some that often involve the county and state teachers of the year. So anybody listening in can learn more about uh, the NJEA Early Career Member Network at njea.org. Um, njea.org was recently relaunched, if you haven't noticed, and uh, there is a new membership tab, and under membership is an early career tab, and that's where uh, anyone interested can learn more about the Early Career Member Network and sign up for exclusive updates and invites to events. And uh, there's also on that page, Jeff, is where our podcast episodes live, too. So it's a really great place to go online. It is a great new relaunch. I love the way that the new NJA.org looks. And you're right. There is a spot on there for our podcast. But, Jim, that's not the only place to find our podcasts. Where else can people go to find our show and subscribe to this very program? Jeff, our podcast, uh, the best place for me is always to go on iTunes and just uh, do a search for Jersey Educator, download it. And, uh, you know, if our listeners are so inclined, you can subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, we're also on Google Play and Stitcher. And uh, an easy way to find us online, too, on the NJA site is um, njea.org slash podcast. Very, very cool. And, Jim, let's get to our topic of the day. Of course, we're talking about resume tips. Jim, you have a resume, don't you? I do. I have several of them uh, from now, all over the years and all different kinds of jobs. So, yep. And it's important that you said several of them because 
when we are going out for positions, it's important that we have a tailored resume for that position. And I know many of us, as you said, early career members were, were teachers, were custodians, were, were support professionals, were, were many, many different things. And it is important to have a resume that you can manipulate and that's really malleable that you can actually be specific for that job. Now, some of your resumes should be able to be, you know, manipulate it for the specific job that you have, but other resumes might not be easily manipulated. So we're going to talk today a little bit about the paper resume versus the digital resume and how we want to be able to set ourselves up for success. So let's start off by talking a little bit, Jim, here about the the paper resume, you know, the traditional thing that you have in your briefcase, you're going to hand to somebody, you're going to send out as a PDF. And generally, this thing comes in two parts, right? It has a cover letter, and it has a one-page resume. Now, we're going to have a debate here soon because uh, we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about how, many, how long your resume should be. But uh, let's talk a little bit about cover letters, right? I believe that your cover letter should be designed specifically for that school district, for that job. Right, Jim? Yeah, and I, I like to think of the cover letter in three parts, um, you know, uh, for, for me, um, part one, kind of like about the school and what about the school um, interests you to it and to show that you're aware of some things happening there. And then a part two about why you're applying. And then a part three about yourself and your education and your background and your experiences that would uh, connect you very well to this particular school. And it's also important not to ramble, right? Nobody wants to read a, a five-paragraph essay all about you. The idea is to get them to look at what you're doing and to get them to then flip the page to actually your bullet-pointed resume. Right, Jim? Exactly, right. The cover letter. cover letter is a place to kind of introduce some concepts in your resume and maybe provide a little more detail about them. Yep. And are we at the point now where we're still suggesting people to, to go out and buy that $15 per, per page, you know, the card stock cover letter papers? Are we doing that now, Jim? Uh, Jeff, I was thinking of that when you started, that don't forget the fancy paper. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I am a fan of the fancy paper just because I, I like the feel of it when I pass it across the you know, at the job fair when I hand it to someone. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is more and more expensive. So, you know, that that is a choice that our listeners are going to have to make. You know, um, I'm going to vote, Jim, for the fancy paper because if everyone's printing on regular plain white paper and yours stands out because it feels different or it's heavier or, you know, but but I think we can agree. Let's not go crazy on font size. Let's not go crazy on on the font itself, right? No, no borders, no graphics, you know, maybe a logo if you have something, if you're going for that type of a position. But, you know, a standard educational resume, just just keep it sweet, keep it simple, and I think informative, but not butt kissing. Yeah, I would uh <laughs> I would agree with that, Jeff. You know, stay away from the the cute fancy borders. I've I've heard stories of, uh, you know, resumes that smell like perfume. And I've heard stories of resumes being sent with flowers um, delivered uh, with them. And you really, you want to keep it 
simple, keep it professional, and stay away from all that stuff. But, yep. but Jim, that's how I got the podcasting gig here. <laughs> no, it is not. No, absolutely not. So we're looking past the cover letter now and on to the resume. So let's start the debate here, Jim. Is a resume one sheet of paper or is a resume one side of paper? Oh, Jeff, I am a proponent of uh, I feel very strongly about the one pager. Um, you know, I, I do. I put out there on our last episode that I do from time to time, um, you know, get uh, like to be a second set of eyes for members and if any of our listeners want to send me their resume just for me to check it out, um, you could send it to jboyce at njea.org. But I am I am a fan of, you know, I, I've gotten some resumes over the years, three, four pages uh, from members and my friends. And I always say, you know, hey, send me the Word document so I can start to cut this for you. So, <laughs> and yeah. I, be, yeah. And yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I, I think I'm at the school. Here's where I am with everything. Your resume should fit on one side of a sheet of paper. I don't believe you should take two sheets of paper. But if you want to get fancy and put something on a second side, I say go for it. But it should, but the second side of paper should always be the optional, right? right. Like, don't take that second sheet of paper and assume someone's going to turn it over because if you're on heavier paper, you might not see through it to even know to turn it over, right? So don't, yep. don't put yep. your best stuff on the bottom of the second page. But I know with, you know, with my resume, it's, you know, it could be three or four pages by the time you add up 17 years of experience and things you've done and awards. And, you know, it's hard to shrink that down into one page. Oh, it is. It is so hard. And, and that's why it can be helpful to share it with someone um, who you trust and who would be good at just kind of chopping out some things that maybe you're too personally connected to to uh, chop yourself. And of yeah. course, the, the whole idea of the resume, and we mentioned this, Jim, on the, on the previous show, is to have somebody look at it quickly and ask you questions. It's not there to tell your life story. So, Jim, a couple other things about our resume as we go through here is really what are the experiences that we want? Now, for many of us who are early career members, we might still be in college looking for that first spot. So I would expect that your experience would be your student teaching. Right. right Th things right. that you've done, you know, your observations, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not looking for the fact that you might have worked at a retail store for nine years. Or is that something you want to put on a first job that you've had? You were able to hold down employment for for five or six years. Yeah. You, you know, our, our listeners are going to have to make that determination on a case by case and really think carefully about, you know, because space is at a premium. So. You know, if you put that job you had for nine years in the retail um, area, um, are you uh, leaving out some other things that may be more important? You know, I, I agree with that. And I would say that if you were, a, a, you know, not a paper delivery person, that's not relevant to education. But if you did happen to have a position, you don't have to give all the details of what you did as a, you know, as a cashier or as a salesperson. You could just say, I worked here nine years and at least that shows that somebody was you know you you're worthy enough to hold a employment for a long period of time so um obviously as you go through your career that those are the first things that you drop out right yep 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 
And other things, of course, that you want to stick on your resume would be your professional name. I know that sounds weird to start with, but, you know, do you put Jim? Do you put James? I always put James. Always put James. And is that just is that just to be professional? Is that the way you want? I mean, when somebody says, is James there? Do you say, hey, call me Jim? Or do you go through the interview process with with, you know, hey, I'm James? Uh, right. So I, I will say, call me Jim, um, you know, to, to bring it down to, a, you know, a, a, a collegial level. But on paper, I do go with the James uh, piece. So and do you suggest saying Mr. or for, for the other, you know, Miss versus Miss? Because you don't want to give things away, but, you know, you want to make sure that you are professional with things. Yeah, you know, I've I've never put Mister. I've never seen Mister on a on a on a member's resume. Um, so that I think could could be left off. Um, yep. So the other thing that we want to look at putting on, and and I always make this, you know, somewhere up in the front is your email address. And you know, being a tech person, I think it's professional to have a. A, a professional looking website and a professional looking email address. And I think there's nothing wrong with having, you know, James at AOL, James at Gmail, James at Hotmail, but there is something to say James at voice.com, which oh. shows you that you are taking, you know, you are going that extra mile to own your own domain, to do the extra professional things. And, you know, I would never on a resume say I'm sites.google.com slash a slash user slash boys slash that's really, really big. But to have for my instance, you know, I'm Jeffrey Bradbury dot com. And, and that at least shows that I'm, you know, even if my word, even if my website is hosted somewhere, I've purchased my domain. I've established a brand. I, I've found an identity. And we're talking, you know, we're going to move into the online components here shortly. But, you know, it doesn't take more than three bucks a month. Sorry, three bucks a year to get your own dot com domain. Yeah. And, and Jeff, you, you are very much a tech person and, and your, your work is, you know, your, your, your position is around technology and supporting our members. Um, you, you know, that, that is, uh, so it, it's nice to have that, but I don't think it's, it's like a deal breaker. You know, if we have a listener out there thinking, oh my God, I've got to get a domain purchased and get this started today. You know, you really don't, but you know, if you're going for a job at a school that where, where it's a tech, a lot of interest in administration uh, around technology in the classroom, uh, it certainly is something to think about. Yep. And, you know, more and more times, you know, I, 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 let's just talk about it this way. Of, of what kind of a website, uh, maybe we'll talk about websites as we go through this conversation here, Jim. But, you know, um, if, if, if I can look at your domain, if I can look at your website and I can see that it's a Google site or I can see that mm -hmm. it's a techie thing and I know that my district is a techie school district, mm -hmm. yeah. That, yeah. that just takes care of many of the questions we're going to have during the interview process. Right. And, and it, it, right. And, you know, if it is a, a tech uh, where there's a lot of interest in educational technology across the district from the top coming down, um, you know, that that's going to show that you have a familiarity already with 
how to do things, which they're they're probably looking for, you know. Well, let, let's let I think we're still getting ahead of ourselves here. Let's talk about the digital <laughs> stuff in a little bit here. So paper resume, okay. we're talking okay. about our name. We're talking about a professional email. Do you put your home email, your, your home address on it? Um, I've I've never. No, I've I've never really seen that. It's always been. It's always been name, email, cell, and then like like you said, maybe a web page. I agree with that. I've had positions where I was literally, you know, like for instance, when I have my current position, it was 104 miles from my house. <laughs> right. And so right. you 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 know, the first question is, do you know where we are? And that's an awkward question because the only answer you're going to give is either yes, I'm desperate, I need this job, or I'm willing to relocate because I'm right. the best candidate for you. And yep. so not by not having an, you know, but those are interesting conversations. Can I get here tomorrow for an interview? Well, wait a minute. I live in Tennessee. <laughs> and and, and th those are that those are important things when you're putting that stuff together, because maybe you are across country. Maybe your spouse has moved and mm -hmm. you're looking yep. for interviews. And that person yeah. needs to realize that you need a job, but you're not living in that specific region of the country yet. Um, for whatever reason. So, you know, again, I would say that's discretionary based off of your specific uh, situation there. Um, as far as the skills, right? So, again, let's say that we're, we're new into the position. Do we put down skills that we've done in our student teaching? Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, that they're on the traditional resume, there is a you know you do see from time to time a qualification section that you know keeping in mind that space is at a premium and you just have a page, um, you know right those skills are probably better under the student teaching pieces or under the 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 school districts where they were used and where you can speak to them directly instead of a more general you know, qualifications, uh, excellent written communicator, you know, well, if, if you did that well at a, at an assignment or at a school district, it might be better served there. But again, bullet points, not yep. yesterday. Yep. I was working with a student who did it's here's what I did. I did lesson plans. I did bulletin boards. I did songs. I did dances. I did whatever, right? Ba <laughs> yeah. Basic, yeah. basic stuff. Now, the other thing that we usually put on a front page, and this is again, where do you break that first page, right? You have awards and recognitions. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, what that, do you put hard. on there from your youth? Yeah, that's, that's, oh, you know, it's all about the space and just kind of, I think to start, you know, if it's your first resume, uh, you're just kind of throwing everything out there to, to see what it looks like and how long you get on as far as paper. And then you can play around with, yeah, just what to keep and what should be cut because of space, you know? Right. And I know with myself, I'm always interested in figuring out what are the things that are, you need to have on there. Cause look, we have people that are out there right now in the job market who might have 20 years experience Yep, and they yep. might have awards and accolades. And so, what do you put down? Obviously, if you're on your second position, you don't necessarily need to put your co-op from your college years. So you can you can cut things out as you certainly go here. Um, the one that I always worry about, and you know, honestly, if you're out there listening, I'd love to get anybody's feedback on there. But the one that I've always been told to stick on my resume until the day that I'm no longer here is Eagle Scout. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I've okay. had people say, take it off. And I don't think I'm ever going to do that 
And in fact, whenever I put down, you know, even with Google certified, Microsoft certified, all those wonderful things that you have, I still put Eagle Scout as the top. Nice. Nice. Because not everybody has that. So I, I'm curious actually to know what our audience thinks about, about that one specifically, because everybody seems to have a different answer. And I know, I know for myself, I've actually received and been offered two professional teaching jobs because I have that opportunity. Wow. So, because it, it, it connected to somewhere along the someone be, along the be, way who, who saw, saw your resume that, that stood out because either they were an Eagle Scout or they, they know the value of it, you right. know, the, the, the rarity of it. Right. I'll never forget my first, you know, the first day that I signed my first big contract, he shook my hand and said, you know why you're here? And I said, why? He says, turn around. And on his wall was his plaque. And you know what? If that's the best thing that I ever did when I was 14, I'll take it. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So you never know, right? Yep. So, so that's like the, the basics of your paper resume. Jim, let me ask you a silly question here for the first time on our show. Should you have a border on, on your paper resume? No, no border. Should your paper nope. resume be white, ivory, uh, cream? Should we be worrying about colors when we're dealing with the expensive paper? Yeah, you know, I remember coming out of college and buying that expensive paper and the ivory paper was significantly cheaper than the white paper. And I did, I did buy the ivory paper and use that. Uh, so, um, uh, the white, white paper, you know, I mean, it's not too big of a deal, but white is standard, I guess, but I, I went the ivory route and figured, ah, close enough for, but we're not talking, we're not talking pastels here. No, no, nothing like that. So if you're looking for a position in April, we're not putting Easter colors out or anything no, like that. No, we're not. we are not, no. So we're, let, let, let's just kind of backtrack a little bit here. You know, we're looking at five resume tips, and I think the first one we said was be professional. Use your first name. I, I, would, I, I would, you know, definitely, again, if you're a gym, put yourself as James. And, I, and again, I've had people say, are you Jeff or are you Jeffrey? Number two is definitely have some kind of a professional web presence. We'll get to that soon. But, you know, we're talking email addresses, websites, something in there. Uh, Three, we talked a little bit about give clear and present work titles, Jim. You know, if you're you're the instructional, like for myself, you know, are you a tech coach or are you the instructional uh, technology integration coordinator guru of Google, right? Nobody knows what that is. And I've had situations (laughs) where they said, well, well, what does this mean? And you, you, you know, it's one thing to create a resume that's going to bring in questions, but it's another thing to have somebody go, I don't know what this is, because that actually could be damaging to you. Yeah. You know what? That reminds me. My first position uh, in Pennsylvania was a long term sub position. And when that position was just about done and I was looking, um, I did put on my resume long term substitute teacher. And looking back, I wish, um, you know, I wish I had not done that because I think if I had just put teacher, um, and it's, I, I don't know, there, there might have been a, a, a conception that a long-term sub, well, you know, there might have been somebody looking at that and thinking, ah, he was just a long-term sub. Well, really, I was there a whole year. I was a teacher. Right. Um, you know, but I put the long-term sub on there and it kind of had a negative connotation to it, I think. So, um, 
you, you know, so that that's something I, I would recommend to think very carefully about the titles. Yep. And I completely agree with that. I, I did a, a seven month stint as a maternity sub once. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it was, it was a full time position. I was running full time for seven months. It just wasn't a full everything for the year position. So, you know, you always have to uh, be accurate, be professional, but also, you know, represent the best way that you can with everything on here. Right. So when we're looking at everything here, I think, you know, again, we talked about you know, what we had here is number four, which was, you know, one page versus two. We talked about that experience is definitely in chronological order. Um, Let's talk a little bit now about those digital plans. Okay. Um, obviously, we say with our paper resume, paper cover letter, it's it's dear Doctor So and So, and it's specifically designed for that school or for that specific position. Now, on a digital resume, you can't do that, right? You're writing your re- like you're making your resume. There are no page breaks. Right. You, but the yep. but the advantage of that is you can put videos. You can put links. You know, your online is not a resume. It's your portfolio. And that brings up the topic that I'd love to get your opinions on. Does your paper resume have links to go to your, not just go to the website, but I worked at ba 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 ba. Here's the link to this spot on my website portfolio. I think the answer is yes. Wow. So that, that is, you know, part, part of our changing world today and, and how everything is online and, and, you know, it, it's fairly easy to, to link to something on paper with maybe a tiny URL or even a custom URL. So why not? Because yep. remember a paper resume is not always paper. It could be the PDF that you send to me and I'm clicking on a link, but it's still quote my paper resume. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. yeah. Yeah. So a lot of school districts will have an online portal where, where they want everything. Actually, most school districts now, you're not sending a package in the mail. You're uploading things right. to an online portal. So, And, and there's a lot of places that, that school districts are using, right? Like NJ School Jobs is a great place to go to look for positions. Also, uh, the, ab- absolutely. I can't say enough about NJ School Jobs and how it's helped NJA members um, just easily uh, create a custom search where ev- every day you, you could get a job alert if uh, when when the jobs pop up. It's used uh, by uh, just about uh, most of the school districts in the state um, are, are coming to find it and use it. So um, what, well, what a great place to go. Yep. So when we're looking at that that website, you know, and again, you know, I'll, I'll do the little plug. Mine is jeffreybradbury.com. I've got many sections to it. I've got an educational resume section to it. I've also got a conducting resume section. They're two completely different things, but the important thing there is you can easily navigate it, find out who I am, see some pictures, see some work. Um, I always believe that as an educator or really in any position, you should always be documenting what you're doing because you never know when you need that resume. Yeah, Jeff, I, I happened to look at your webpage uh, once upon a time, and there is a lot on it that is easy to, to get to. And you even have a tab that says, start here, yes. right? And, 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 and that's important. And, and I don't, I don't want to do it right now in the show, but you know, I, I, I could go through um, and understand. You know, there's a psychology to that website, actually. Yeah. And yeah. the psychology of the, of the website is literally from studying uh, restaurant menus 
and how a restaurant menu is laid out of how your eyes start at the top and how they go down to the bottom. And if you look at a restaurant menu, of course, the pictures are the items that have the biggest markup. Oh, interesting. And when you're looking at my resume, the pictures come in at the right times and they're to the same exact spot on the sidebar where I have things like click here to subscribe. Oh, notice the social numbers. Oh, here's a button that takes you to this. So everything on the page is specifically designed for a person's um, reading psychology, if you will to help maximize the the conversion, right? Because what is the conversion that we want on our resume? We want the phone call saying, hey, James, can you please come in tomorrow? Yep, yep. And so I think it's important for all of that stuff. It's also important to have a single, even if your website like mine is multiple, multiple, multiple pages and stuff, you have a single spot that says, look at this, you're going to learn everything. So, you know, when we're looking at that resume, let's, uh, I want to come back to this topic here of what kind of a platform should you have your stuff on? And, you know, it's no secret, Jim, I'm a WordPress guy, but many school districts in New Jersey are Google apps. And so if you're applying for a school district that's using Google apps, it might be beneficial to you to actually create your website using Google Apps. That way, again, they don't have to ask you the questions about are you familiar with Docs, with Drive, with Sheets and Slides. By going to your website, they automatically know what type of a teacher you are and what kinds of things you're doing and are you able to quickly go into their specific uh, learning system and be able to teach without too much training. So my suggestion there is if you are, you know, if you're using Google Docs, make sure that you have some kind of a Google site. I know I've taken my resume and yes, there is a WordPress version of it, but there's also a Google site version of it. Just in case I want to share that to a superintendent or a, a, a client or something and say, hey, look, I know how to build this too. Also, when you think about it, it, it doesn't hurt. It just doesn't hurt to have things on multiple formats. Yeah, it's so important and to, to know, you know, if the school district is a Google school and, and play that up and show your skills with that. Yep. Yes, I even have my resume done on a PowerPoint. I even have my resume done up on a Microsoft Sway, which is essentially their version of, uh, of a living, breathing presentation tool. And it doesn't mean that I have everything on these different formats, but you take advantage of things because, again, tomorrow something might happen or tomorrow you might be asked, hey, can you come and present at or, hey, can you show off something, something, something? And it just doesn't hurt to have access to all these different platforms. My thoughts exactly. Great. So let's talk a little bit about the social resume, Jim. Do you, do you have a social resume? Jeff, I do not have a social resume, and I, I don't even know what one is. Well, uh, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that, Jim. You're, you're on Twitter, right? Sure. So that's your social resume, oh, right? A resume, okay. again, it's something that somebody's okay. going to look at and then learn more about you. So... That's where when I look at these those college kids, right, Jim, or if I look at anybody out there and they say, what tips do you give me? I say, are you doing anything socially? Mm -hmm. And sometimes yeah. that's a hard conversation to have with people. But what's the first thing that I do when somebody gives me their resume? I'm going to go on Facebook. 
I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to look them up. You know, recently I was just judging a large, I can't say the name of it, uh, but a large competition. And the first question that they ask on their on their application form is, please give me your Twitter. Please give me your Facebook. Please give me your, your Google+. And that right there is way before the, and now I'm going to watch your video. Right? So, so to have an, a, a positive online presence is is just as much your resume now i'm going to argue than anything else especially if i know that the superintendent is a social person and you know has hashtagged and branded their school i think having a positive online uh persona isn't the right word but presence is good there and it doesn't mean that you you're on it constantly but I think having the opportunity to get onto these free platforms and, and know how to use them certainly gives you a leg up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Jeff. And I would, um, I would say that, you know, you, you sh our listeners should assume that they are being searched, um, you know, for, for their social media presence and, uh, and yeah. Um, I totally lost my train of thought there. Uh. And, and, and that, but that's really where it is, right? You know, I, I, I go back to the story that I told on the last podcast, I think, which is when I was working at a college, one of the kids said, my professor told me to take down my Facebook profile mm. because I shouldn't have one when I'm doing a teaching job. And I said, mm. that's A, you, you shouldn't be putting that stuff up there anyway. But B, no, like I want to be seen as an expert in the field. You know, part of having a, a, an online resume, I always ask people, what does your blog look like? What are you an expert in? You know, I'm working with some website clients right now and they say, well, what else do I need on my site? I said, what are you the expert in? What's going to drive people to the site that shows people that you are an expert, that you are a content specialist, right? So maybe, Jim, your blog might be something to do with helping people find employment because you're the early career network guy, right? Or maybe your blog resolves, re re wow, maybe your blog revolves around four ways how to pick up the 610 split because you like to plan bowling <laughs> events. So all of these different topics in there is good. You know, um, personally, with everything I do on TeacherCast, it's a different blog. I have different rules for writing than mm -hmm. on my Jeffrey Bradbury site. The Jeff site is very personal and they're more leadership based. They're more educational based. But on TeacherCast, it's five ways to use a Chrome extension. Right. So I want to when I want people to come to the resume, that's where Jeff pours his heart into a 3000 word essay and says, here, I'm an expert at this. Right. That's a little bit different than the teacher cast side, which is, oh, I just did this podcast or something to that small effect. So what do you think? Yeah, I think that's all great. I think it can seem a little overwhelming to, you know, just just strategize all of these pieces that go into marketing yourself and getting yourself out there. But, you know, social media is one place where we can start to walk that path, you know, today and, you know, just with with Twitter, with whatever, just to use use these platforms to engage in a like you said a positive way online in conversations around education and what's best for our students totally and and you know again i'm always going to say this is all based off of the position you're going after right if you're going after a secretarial position i'm not suggesting that you be you know the world's greatest twitterer 
that that's not going to help you with the position. But let's say that you're going for a STEM position and you were going to trying to be the district STEM guy. I would like to go to your website and see all the things that you have made with 3D printers and all the great projects that maybe you're looking at or maybe your Pinterest board with all of the thoughts and ideas and opportunities to do STEM activities. That's the person that I want to bring into my school district. Yeah, and, and you mentioned, you know, school secretaries there, uh, part of our education support professionals. And one place where, where you know, they have really a voice and they are the experts is around, you know, health and safety issues in our schools. And right now there is just so much conversation around that online that, um, you know, pick your issue, pick your topic. There, there's plenty of things out there to, 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 to join the conversation in. Yep. Absolutely. So, Jim, I think we've uh, we've done a pretty decent job here at looking at I think we've done more than five simple tips for your resume. But, you know, we covered the paper resume. We've certainly covered the cover letter. We've talked a little bit about our digital resume. We've talked a little bit about our social resume. And also we've talked about where to put your resumes. Again, want to give a nice little shout out to our friends over at NJSchoolJobs.com. Uh, they're not the only New Jersey-based uh, jobs portal out there. So I would certainly be looking at multiple areas but i think what we're confined today is you know you you want to create a presence so somebody can't live without you yes and and i would say you know uh, above all try to have some fun with it you know here's a, a an opportunity which you know if 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 you land your dream job in a school district you know that this may be your first and last time doing this so have some fun with it and be creative and you know don't be afraid to put yourself out there too and share it with others to get a second set of eyes on it and you know where a great place to share things is jim jeff where's that itunes isn't uh, there a great podcast that you can find on itunes right now if you go and search for something Yes, this very podcast, Jersey Educator, along with all our our 20, almost 30 episodes now, uh, you can find us uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, under Jersey Educator. And, of course, check out all the great stuff happening over there on the new and improved uh, NJEA.org. I've been looking at it here as we've been talking, and it just looks absolutely beautiful. Jim, do you know anything about the process of them uh, replacing the website? It, was that a, is, is that like a six-month project? Is that, oh, how long gosh. has that been? Do, do you know those little backstories? Oh, bad. Now, we could do probably a, a whole episode around this podcast. It started with um, uh, just started with uh, focus groups with our members and what they wanted to see in a revised website. And then our, our webmaster, her name's Diane Barry, putting a team together to dive into it. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of, oh, wow, it's just been such a huge undertaking for NJA. So I'm glad you like it, and I'm glad we're, we're talking about it. I, I, I like the fact that if you go to njea.org slash membership slash early slash career, we have an, uh, an awesome spot for the podcast. So check out all of the great shows. Like I said, the, uh, by the time we release this one, we, we are hovering around that episode 30. Uh, we have a great season coming up. Jim, tell us a little bit about some of the future guests uh, that we have lined up. Oh, Jeff, I'm just so excited who's coming up. We have our Education Support Professional of the Year in New Jersey. Uh, Lois Yukna will be on the show. 
next month. And we have uh, just members. We have a, a special ed teacher coming on in a couple weeks, a school secretary coming on in a couple weeks. Um, Arjuna Safari is planned to come back in, uh, in uh, the early summer to give an update on what's been happening with her tour as New Jersey State Teacher of the Year. So, you know, the guests are booked through uh, June and into July right now, Jeff. So we did just have so many awesome conversations coming up. And you know what else is happening in, in June? I just want to give a shout out to our friends over at Maker Depot. Uh, June 4th, they are having the second or third annual, I forget where we're at, Maker Fair which is going to be quite amazing. Some of our guests have, are actually running it. Marcos is uh, helping to run everything there and uh, more information over at MakerDepot.com. So check out some of the great stuff happening in your neck of the woods of New Jersey. One of the things that we are going to be looking forward to, Jim, is our next episode. And until that time, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions in New Jersey.